0: Be inspired, supported, and empowered. This is the Global Healthy Living Foundation podcast network. I failed at over, probably up to about 60 medications and devices so far. And I started looking around for alternatives and I started reading about psychedelics and the possibility of them being helpful with treating pain. Welcome to Talking Head Pain, the podcast that
1: confronts head pain head on. Hi, I'm Joe Coe, Director of Education Digital Strategy at the Global Healthy Living Foundation and a migraine patient for over 20 years. I'm here today with Alan Kaplan. He's the founder of a new organization and website called NDPH Aware that stands for New Daily Persistent Headache. It's a project that started under clusterbusters.org which is a nonprofit organization that we've worked with and been friends with for a very long time. So I'm delighted to connect with Alan to talk about this new initiative and nonprofit organization that is developed. Hi, Alan. How are you today?
0: I'm good, Joe. Thanks for having me. I
1: appreciate it. My pleasure. So can you tell our audience they might be familiar with what new daily persistent headache is? Can you explain when you first started to get a headache and how that feels and if that was your
0: worst attack? New daily persistent headache. So for definition purposes, the way I look at it, new, and the way the international classification looks at it, it's uh, basically a headache that kind of comes out of nowhere. It's something you've not really had previously. It's not from a different uh, headache condition. So kind of and kind of comes out of nowhere. At least for me, it came out of nowhere. And most people remember the onset or. Near about the onset for me, it's around the first second week of December of 2017. I guess celebrate, or some other people say, so in the anniversary of your um, of your headache. Daily meaning it's every day. It's 365. Persistent meaning it's 24 uh, seven. And headache is just one part. Of the description as far as uh, the symptomology and uh, how it presents. Besides so headache pain, you get a lot of similar symptoms that uh, people with other headache diseases like migraine, with photophobia, sound problems, uh, barometric pressure changes, nausea. What else? Do I get uh, neck, shoulder pain, brain fog, word finding, things like that. As far as what was the worst headache or experience with this. It's kind of hard to say because I look at it as I've had one headache for the past 1,820 some odd days since this thing started. And the only difference really is how the uh, the pain levels just kind of bounce around. Like I, I could be a two, a four, a six, a 10, and back down the scale and all in the same day as far as pain levels go.
1: How has living with this for the past five years impacted your day-to-day life?
0: Uh, i say say somewhat dramatically. affected my work. I was working at the time when I developed this, and I kind of lasted about two years of having it, where I finally realized I just can't function at this level, and at the level I want to function at with my job, and I was getting close to retirement age. Anyway, so I figured I'd that- Probably a good time to bow out. It affects your family, you know, how you deal with your family. It affects your friends. You know the activities you do. You know I cancel a lot of things. I'm at the point right now after five years where I don't make a lot of plans. I have plans in my head, but I don't necessarily voice them until I know I'm ready to to do something. I might plan a trip or I might plan to go to a concert or things like that. But you know, any given moment, I can get hit with a spike and. That's the end of the plan. So it, uh, it's it's difficult.
1: And is there any understanding for you or others on what happens that one day you don't have a headache and then the next day you have a headache that lasts for five plus years?
0: They don't know exactly what causes NDPH, similar to other headache diseases. Mine, like I said, came out of nowhere. There are a lot of people in the community where it could have been a result of a viral infection, a concussive event. Stressful events in their life. COVID is coming up lately over the past, well, it's almost three years since COVID started, and that seems to be a potential cause. I know you have Dr. Robbins on, and he spoke to that recently, um, and it's something that we do hear about. The prevalence
1: you're a man with this disease. A lot of the people I talk to in the migraine community are women or women identified. Is it an equal prevalence in men and women? Does it skew, like, cluster more men? Well, if you go
0: by looking at the support groups and the Facebook groups, it's like 80% women versus 20% men that are engaged uh, in the support groups. But uh, I think it's probably closer to 60-40, 50-50. I don't think anybody is uh, immune from it. We are in the process, one of our goals with NDPH Aware as an organization is research, education, advocacy, and what we have coming up is a formal patient-based survey that's going to be coming out in uh, the spring that will give us more data, uh, something that's pretty well lacking with NDPH. As far as I know, there has not been a patient survey out there ever. Uh, there was a doctor in Houston. Dr. Evans did a study a few years ago, which was a more of a chart study uh, over a ten year period from his patients, but nothing where the patients themselves are getting the chance to uh, be heard. So we'll when that's done, we'll, help. we'll have a lot more information. How did you find
1: these support groups? And did you feel that the social media around it resonated with your
0: experience? Yeah. Well, you know, Facebook, of course, has a million, million, million groups. And, you know, just did a search on that. And there was a couple of NDPH support groups. The big, There's two big ones on Facebook right now that are basically, I guess, the go-to for people with NDPH. There's some overlapping into the chronic migraine groups as well. You know, Google, of course, you know, you can find anything you want on Google. And so, but the Facebook thing seems to be the most responsive and it was a good place to start just to understand what was I going through? Why do I have this? You know, I didn't ask for this. You know, it's not something (laughs) I would have, uh, you know, put on my wish list for anybody. Uh, And, you know, but the support support groups, if you get the right people, you can get a a better, good understanding of, what the disease is all about. There's a lot of people asking about medications and things like that, but you get deeper into, you know, like you said, how is it affecting your life? You know, what was, you know, how do you cope with that? You know, what kind of different strategies are available to help, you know, get some kind of relief.
1: And why did you
0: start a website and organization
1: ndphaware.org? and dphaware.org?
0: It's my third year. I was kind of running out of medications. I've gone through pretty much everything that they throw at, People with migraine and you know, other headache diseases. There's no approved medication for NDPH that the doctor can prescribe. So, say, okay, you have NDPH, take this. That's not the case. So we're basically borrowing medications from everybody else, the CGRP medications that are new out there these days, and whether it's injectable or IV or whatever it might be, plus all these old standards back from years ago, you know, with the triptans and things like that. I failed over probably up to about 60 medications and devices so far. And I started looking around for alternatives and I started reading about psychedelics and the possibility of them being helpful with treating pain and chronic pain. And I started going that route. And in um, February of 21, I had a psychedelic experience, which the next day, my pain levels were dropped by 50%. And I was like, oh, this is, this is insane. It's great. What do I do? How do I do with this information? Who do I talk to? And I started through Google, found other doctors that talked about, headache doctors that have talked about uh, psychedelics and pain. And then I started, uh, saw the information about Cluster Buster, and I reached out to Bob Wald and Eileen Brewer, and they were looking for other people with other diseases that may have had positive psychedelic experiences to help treat their pain. And some of the patients with clusterbusters use psychedelics to help manage their cluster headache uh, as well. And they actually have a pretty robust community around that. Because of that, we got connected and then we they kind of started my advocacy. That was a year ago, June of 21, when I first uh, met up with Bob and Eileen. And then, you know, I, I went to a conference with them. They took me to a CHAMP conference that year. And then um, in August, we kicked off NDPH Aware. So it's, it's kind of born out of my experience and gave me a, a vehicle to launch a way to find research, find scientific data that can help us deal with this disease.
1: Aileen and Bob are great. I consider yes. them friends. And yes. one of the one of the first people I interviewed uh, was from Clusterbusters, Joe McKay, mm-hmm. and he talked he talked a bit about his experience with psychedelics and how that has helped. And there seems to be it's it's a it's a really uh, burgeoning area. Of exploration in many different ways, so it's it's really cool that you're putting your stake in the ground to uh, help move the needle for headache patients.
0: Well, I believe, yeah, I believe there's 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 something there, you know, for pain. You know, I know there's a lot of what everybody's seeing is more towards the mental health side of using psychedelics, and there's some talk. And there's been more over the past few months about how it relates to chronic pain. You know, I want to treat it basically uh, at this point. Uh, i trying medications here and there, and but basically I don't have anything in my toolbox that's a prescribed medication <laughs> that I can use. And, you know, this is kind of what you're left with when you're dealing with uh, a 24-7 pain condition and you need relief. And if you can find it, like anything else, you know, you go where you find it. And if it helps, you use it regardless of whatever the consequences might be.
1: Just a reminder for our audience to discuss all the medications that you're taking, either prescribed or not prescribed, with your healthcare team so they know what's going on. Which is is what I've done.
0: This stuff needs to be treated with respect.
1: Definitely. So what has this work taught you?
0: Patience, (laughs) Uh, I guess, is probably the first thing. When this was first getting started... And when I first met Bob and Eileen. It was like it just seemed like the you know the wheels are just kind of grinding very slowly. The gears are grinding very slowly, moving forward. And then all of a sudden, once things were in place, things start ramping up. So from the time I met them until the the website got uh, was uh, released in August, this, this past August, it just seemed like it was taking forever to get things done. But then everybody says this is just a very slow. Nonprofit is a very slow process in general. And uh, so you get patients, you learn that, and you start building up your team and and sort of figure out what to do and how to do it. And it's been very interesting. It's been an interesting ride so far. And since I've kicked off the the website and the organization, there's been a lot of uh, positive feedback from the community and, and from doctors that I talked to. I was at the Cluster Poster conference. And I met a few doctors there and to try to get some help really and support. And um, it's it's very rewarding. So you know the patience is is key. And learning how to deal with yourself, you know, and uh, understanding how to manage the new lifestyle that uh, I actually wouldn't call it a lifestyle. <laughs> the new predicament I'm in, I would guess would be the more be, be more uh, apropos for that. But uh, I'm excited. Um I never did anything with nonprofit, you know, except write some checks for donations here and there. But um I think we got we have something going forward here that hopefully it's gonna pay dividends for the community and, and hopefully the community can find some relief after we get some solid research into it.
1: Well, I really appreciate that you joined me today and that you gave me your first interview. Well, thank you. for uh,
0: This is going to go
1: down in history okay. of NDPH Aware. I hope so. I you hope heard so. it on Talking Head Pain First.
0: Well, thank you,
1: Joe. I appreciate it. Well, yeah, really appreciate your work and it's important. And again, what I think is uh, the big takeaway from the discussion is, is that even with diseases where we don't feel like there's a lot of innovation or that there's a lot of options, there are people like Alan who are pushing the boundaries, who are seeking out these physicians to help inform research and education around misunderstood diseases. So we really appreciate that work and uh, look forward to watching you grow.
0: Thank you. I love to do a part two. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Talking Head Pain, the podcast that confronts head pain head-on. If you like this episode, please give it an honest five-star rating and subscribe so you never miss another one. I'm Joe Coe, and I will see you next time. Be
0: inspired, supported, and empowered. This is the Global Healthy Living Foundation Podcast Network.